Hello and welcome to another episode of A Little Ray of Sunshine, inspirational stories from everyday people. Well, today I think I'm going to be that everyday person. But before, I want to put out a request to my listeners that if you do know someone who has a story that they're willing to share, please reach out to them and then let me know. The only way I can keep this podcast going is with people like yourself and those who have stories and are willing to share them. So if you'd like, you can email me with your story or with someone you'd like me to contact. My email is rayofsunshine23 at yahoo.com. W-R-A-Y of sunshine23 at yahoo.com. So anyway, hope to hear from you. I uh, like to keep this going. It's been about 15 months now, and I have been able to put out a podcast every Friday. So I'd like to keep the streak going, and I hope you're enjoying listening to the amazing, inspirational, and uplifting stories that people are sharing. So let me preface the experience I'm about to share. This took place between 1981 and 1982. I was a young missionary serving in the Sweden Yutabori mission, and one night my companion and I got a phone call from Eva Persson, and she was a member of the ward there in Yutabori, and she had a boyfriend who was serving a mission in England, and she contacted us and said that we should go and teach her boyfriend's mother, Solveig Beristrom. So we did. We started to teach her. And there was one particular night that it was raining so bad, and we were on our bikes, and we were headed over to visit with Sister Barrystrom. My companion and I were just drenched. Well, we rang her doorbell, and when she opened it up, she said, come in here and get out of those suits. And we looked at each other like, I, I don't think that's, I think that's against the rules, but uh, we'll see what happens. So we went in there. She came around the corner and she had two blue suits in her hand and she handed one to me and one to my companion. So we went in to a room and changed out of our wet suits and put on these two blue suits and she put our wet suits in the dryer. We asked her, of course, and I think any of you probably listening to this had the same question, where did she get those blue suits? Well, she actually had two sons serving missions in England, in two separate missions, and they had sent home suits that didn't fit them any longer. And it just so happened that we showed up that night right around the same time she had received those two packages from her two sons. Well, anyway, the night went on. We taught her, and we continued to teach her for quite some time, months and months. And we learned that The reason she had two sons out on missions, and she herself not being a member of the church, was because when her boys were younger, she learned about a youth program in the church, and she wanted her boys to be able to participate in that. And so she would send her boys to young men's and so forth. Well, they continued on and decided they wanted to serve missions, but she chose not to be baptized and just continue to support them in their desires. Months and months went by, and we were beginning to think that perhaps Sister Barrystrom wouldn't be baptized. And 
Then, one month before I was to return back to the United States, back home to Idaho, she made a commitment and chose a date to be baptized. So we were able to do that, and I had not met her two sons because they were still out on their missions. So I came home, and life went on. And, of course, as it goes, you know, college and marriage and children and jobs, and just life went on, and it moved forward. And then about almost exactly 10 years ago, my wife and I, in August of 2013, had the opportunity to go back to where I had served my mission. I was so excited. I was so excited. I wanted to be able to show my wife everything, and and just it was just an amazing experience. We began our trip in Iceland, where I had some meetings. And then once that week was over, we flew over into Denmark, and then we took the bridge from Denmark into Skåne, or Malmö, and just really had a wonderful time. Well, the night we got there, we stayed with a good friend of mine named Henry Soffer. And while we were sitting there visiting with him and his wife, his wife asked me if we had baptized anybody while I was on my mission. I then said, well, Sister Barrystrom was the last person I baptized a month before I came home. And she said, Barrystrom, that name. There is a young couple that just moved into our ward, and the wife, her maiden name is Barrystrom. I wonder if there's a connection there. So she picked up the phone, and she called this young lady. She asked her, first of all, she said, is your dad a member of the church? Yes, she said. And then she said, did your dad happen to serve a mission in England? And she said, yes, he did. Did he have a brother who also served in England? She said, yes, again, that she sure did. Well, she said, I think I'm sitting here with the gentleman that baptized your grandma over 30 years ago. And she was very excited. I was excited to think that there's a possibility that I could see Sister Barrystrom again. But I also knew that she would be in her mid-90s because she was in her mid-60s when we taught and baptized her back in 1982. Well, she then said, is your grandmother still alive? And the young lady said, yes, in fact, she is. So one thing led to another. She then put us in touch with her father, who was living in Yutabori, which was several hour drive from where we were. But by the time these conversations ended, we had an appointment set up to meet with him And he was going to take my wife and I to visit his mother, Sister Barrystrom. I was so excited. You just can't imagine the excitement that I felt. Well, the day came. We drove to Yutabori. Stephen and his wife, Ava, picked my wife and I up at the hotel and began to take us to the nursing facility that Sister Barrystrom resided in. On the way there, Stephen was telling me about his mother, and, and he said that, She had dementia, and he said, you know, it's been a long time since my mother has really been lucid and able to really understand and talk and hold a conversation. So he said, don't get your hopes up, because I'm pretty sure that that's how she'll be. And so, of course, I was a bit heartbroken. I was her missionary. I I wanted her to know me and to remember me. 
but I also knew that I was going to be able to see her again after all these years. On the way there, I asked him, whatever became of your brother that also served in England? And he said, oh, I haven't seen him for quite some time. He fell away from the church. He did have a son named Oscar who went on a mission, and uh, he's been home a few months. I haven't seen him yet, but he's been home. And he said, yeah, he's, he's kind of bitter towards the church, and we just don't talk much about the gospel. So I said, wow, I'd really love to, to meet him. And he said, ah, that's probably not going to happen. Well, we pulled up to the nursing home, and Stephen got out and said, let me go make sure my mother's dressed and able to visit, and I'll be back to get you. Well, a few minutes went by, and all of a sudden, out of the front doors came Stephen, and there was a, another man with him. And they began to walk towards the car. I got out, and Stephen came up to me and said, I want you to meet my brother, the one that served in England at the same time I did. And, oh, that was just so, so cool to be able to shake his hand and tell him the story about how we taught his mother and how we were able to you know, change into those blue suits that night. And I could tell that that story really touched him. It seemed to really touch his heart. Well, we said our goodbyes, and then we went into the nursing home. We went down the hallway and turned into the room where Sister Barristrom was. And as I walked in, I made eye contact with her immediately. And... I began to walk towards her. And she stood up and came towards me with an outstretched hand. And before I could say anything, she grabbed my hand and looked me in the eyes and she said, in perfect English, the church is true, isn't it? Well, I became quite emotional at that point. And I nodded and said, yes. Yes, it is. She then said, there is a life after this, isn't there? And again, I nodded my head and said, yes, there is a life after this. And then it was as if the light left her. It was as if she didn't recognize or know, and she sat down, and and that was the conversation that I was able to have with her. That hour or so that we spent with her was one of the most spiritual experiences I've, I've ever had. I'll cherish that for a lifetime. So as we were leaving after our visit with Sister Barristrom, I said, do you have any other family members? I'd really like to meet him. And he said, well, I told you about my brother's son who just got home from a mission, but I haven't seen him yet. I don't know where he is, but it would be kind of hard to find him. But I'll take you over to the church in the meantime, and I will show you the font where you baptized my mom. And I was satisfied with that. I was just excited to go back there. And so we did, and as we pulled up to the church, right in the front by the front door was a moped and we opened the door walked in and from one of the rooms 
became a young man. And Stephen looked at me and said, this is my nephew, the boy I was talking about who just got home from his mission. This is Oscar. We got to visit. I was able to share the story about teaching his grandmother. And he was really just excited to meet the elder who had been instrumental in bringing his grandma into the gospel. Well, we had a good visit. And uh, as we left, we're walking down the, the sidewalk of the church. And I, I said to Stephen, do you have any other family members that I haven't met? He kind of laughed. And I think he said, if you were to play the lottery, you'd win the lottery today. But he said, that's where it ends. I do have an older brother. And I haven't seen him for quite some time. He lives three hours from here. So chances of seeing him are pretty slim. So I said, okay. But then he said, but I'll take you over and show you some big, beautiful yachts down in the bay. And he said, they're pretty cool. I think you'll like them. So I said, great. Well, we made our way down to the water and we pulled in. There was a a restaurant right there next to the parking lot. And on top of the restaurant, there were tables and chairs and people were up there eating. Well, as we pulled in, you know, we looked at the boats and the yachts and looked at the water and it was just really beautiful. And then we were getting ready to leave. We all got in the car and Stephen's wife, Eva, shouted to Stephen, stop the car. And he said, why? What's wrong? She said, park the car and get out. Look up on top of the restaurant. So we all got out and looked up there, and there was Stephen's older brother. So we went up there, and again, I was able to share that story about his mother and what a great experience it was. And I could tell, again, that he was visibly touched by that story. Well, we talked, we laughed, we shook hands, and we said goodbye. And... Once again, I said, do you have any other family members that I could meet? And he kind of laughed and said, well, you pretty much met them all. But my brother that you just met, he does have a son that is on the Olympic sailing team for Sweden. And just as he was saying that, we slowed down at a crosswalk. And who should come across that path but the young man he just told me about? who was on the Swedish Olympic sailing team. What an amazing day. My wife and I felt so blessed to be part of the many experiences that we had. The next day, we traveled back to Lund, and that's where we were staying with Henry Saffer before we made our way back home. We had one more night there. It was on a Saturday night. The next morning, we got up, and we had to catch a plane in the afternoon, but we wanted to go to church and visit with the members there. So we did. It was a fast and testimony meeting. I remember getting there and meeting the last member of the Barristan family, which was Stephen and Eva's daughter. And they also had a child. And it was just amazing and wonderful to meet every living, immediate member of Sister Barristan's family. I don't know how to explain it, but I do know this, that there were forces beyond the veil at work that made all of these connections happen. There were unseen angels, if you will, that made this possible.
I know it was not a coincidence. I know that all of this was made possible because of a loving Savior. This was a very special time for me, and even though people might want to explain it away as coincidence, I just want to say one more time, there was no coincidence in the events that took place on that day. The Savior is aware of every want, every wish, every desire of our hearts. He knows us perfectly. And it was through Him that all of this was made possible. About six months after returning home from our trip, I received word from Stephen that his mother had passed away. But before she died, Sister Barristan was able to orchestrate the connections that were made between her missionary and her family. Well, I appreciate you listening to this story. My wife wanted me to share it so that our posterity could also hear it. The experiences that we have here in mortality will shape us. And if we allow the Spirit to work through us, many great and wonderful miracles, or as I call them, tender mercies, will happen in our lives. Thank you for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day. Take care. And to my listeners, remember to speak up, speak out, and speak often. Bye-bye.